What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Melodic, and you're listening to STP Radio. Nothing new here on this show is financial advice. Anyway, today's a special episode. Obviously, as we have NFT God here, we have Reese Sang in the audience. Uh, NFT God is on a time crunch, so I'm going to just read off a few stats and bit of information here first, and then we'll dive into some questions for NFT God, and then we'll dive into some alpha chat with Resang. Cool. Let's do it, man. I'm excited. Uh, I might be able to go a few minutes over the uh, the dinner portion of my evening starting a little late, so um, happy to chat for a little bit. Well, I super appreciate the time because every time uh, I've been on Spaces with you, it's been nothing but value, so definitely appreciate that. So I'll just knock out a few of these recent news tidbits off the bit as this will be evergreen content for the podcast and it seems like some people enjoy the news aspect of things so diving right into some just quick topics here so big brand adoption continues in nfts in the last few months we've seen several significant brands apply for web3 trademarks we recently seen bmw added to this list now some of these news topics are from the last week uh, Uniswap launches NFT platform. If you haven't used it, it's worth checking out. It is an aggregator. Toys R Us to release NFT collection. The Antonic, the iconic toy re- retailer, is releasing NFT collection. This is actually happening tomorrow. They've got a whole array of utility planned for that collection, and that is actually on Solana. As many of you already know, Coinbase was forced to disable their mobile NFT transfers as Apple reportedly is demanding Coinbase to pay a 30% tax on gas fees. Warner Chappelle Music to enter Web3, which is huge because they have some of the biggest names in the industry. And NFT project Adam Bob Squad partners with Pokemon to launch a merch line. And Starbucks loyalty blockchain program is launching tomorrow in, in beta. So those are just a few of the small tidbits going on in the space. While we have NFT got here and Nick and Resang, Anything there catch your attention as interesting, or is that just business as usual? For me, the uh, the Apple news with Coinbase, how they're trying to take some money out of the the gas fees, just shows how unbelievably out of touch they are. But it, it's also it's way more than that because if we're going to ever want a metaverse, a full metaverse, then we're going to need the support of Apple because obviously the iPhone is one of you know the most popular ways in the world to, to use the internet. And so the metaverse is going to have to live on the iPhone. And if Apple is going to make that difficult to do, that is going to push the metaverse out a, a, a long, long ways away. Yeah, that was my thought exactly. Uh, clearly Apple out of touch, but you know what? I don't have a belief that they are truly out of touch. Obviously they have some strategy and the other thing is i believe this information came from coinbase solely i don't know if it was ever reported on by apple so i'd be curious to see their side of things because in theory i feel like uh, like you could technically track the cost of fees and then someone would have to pay the difference i I would think um but moving right along here with nft god you know this is a a great guest to have as as well as resang two really big players in the space one thing NFT God has been really great on is educating people. There's not a lot of educators in the space. So I think people like this are great people to have in your circle. And I do see a few hands coming up. Just realize that we're going to get some questions 
answered, and then I can bring bring you up on stage um, in a, in a little bit. So with NFT God, I think one thing that would be really great to to touch on would be kind of three points if you're open to it, which be would be how to network, how to define your brand, and potentially how to profit in Web three. So when it, it comes to the networking aspect, like how important is networking? What are some best practices? Yeah, networking is easy because it, it naturally comes to you on a platform like Twitter. So networking for me has started since day one. For those who don't know, I started my account a while ago, but I started tweeting on December 31st, 2021, so almost a year now. And I've naturally kind of built a community around my tweets over the last year. And the reason that's happened is because people will reply to my tweets. And since day one, you know, a year ago, I, I, I replied to as many as I can. But not only that, I'd reply in a way that was like thoughtful. It wasn't just, yep, sounds good or LOL, like I think a lot of other people do. I, I try to put true thought into my replies. And if, if they said something truly interesting, I'll DM them and, and like continue the conversation there. So for networking for me has always happened in my replies. And so naturally over the last 12 months, I've been able to build some really strong connections, build some good friendships just from that natural conversation that's happened in my replies. So my recommendation for when it comes to networking, it doesn't matter what size you are, start conversation in your replies for people who, who interact with you in your tweets. And then also equally as important, start conversation in other tweets. So go to bigger accounts with bigger followings and more exposure and reply to their tweets, but don't just say, yep, that's a good tweet or, you know, banger or whatever, like actually contribute helpful information and conversation will naturally happen. And what will happen is, is those connections you make in the replies, they're going to start liking and replying to all your tweets, which is going to be mutual, mutually beneficial to everyone. It'll improve your engagement. It'll improve their exposure. It's a win-win for everyone. And Chris, you know, the reason why I'm here is because you put such thoughtful replies into my tweets as well. And, and you know, I see your face every day and I've built a strong relationship with you. And, you know, that's the power of networking is now we're on a space together chatting. And, and so networking is critical. And I think replies are, are by far the best way to do it. Yeah, so on that, I'm, I'm putting together, in my opinion, an interesting thread, which I'm going to start going through some large influencer accounts and backdate a lot of the content and see some trends. So the, the idea behind it is essentially, is this luck or is this work and discipline? Obviously knowing the answer. And I actually just went through your account starting in July and it paints a very clear picture for success, which I'm super excited to post. Um, the The other thing I have that I'm interested on this this thread series I'll be doing is your content obviously is very thoughtful. So tweeting a lot would have a positive impact. So I'm interested in looking at someone who doesn't have such thoughtful content, but it's still good to see how tweeting in, impacts their, their engagement. But Rhysang, uh, are you, are you there? Yep. I'm here. Oh, well, I'm saying that. Okay. So you've, you've come up in the game quick. You know, I, my, my personal project is in the alpha world and I'm one of the official, well, Alpha Raps in your name that people really respect. So you obviously have done a lot of networking. So how important has been networking been for you? And what are some of the things that you did? To, to be honest with you, I don't think that I've ever intentionally networked because um, I, I in Web2, I've always had a corporate background. I've worked at big firms. For me, it's always just a grind. 
Um, and when you put out good content, and in my in my view, I think uh, I'm not a social media person. I've never, I, I you will never see me post a GM for engagement. I just don't do that because it's just not my style. But like, if I have something to say, I'll say it. And for me, I really started anchoring down in my communities and sort of gaining respect um, through just results. Like my calls are concrete wins where people made money time and time again. And it just, I think at that level of just care for the professional aspect to what I was doing um, got got people's attention. And I think Twitter is maybe a 5% extension of what I do for people um, within the discourse where I call alpha. So I don't, I've, I, I look at Twitter as a tool I and like networking is fine. Like people knock on your door a lot, but it, it really, like I am always thinking about my communities first before anything, as opposed to advancing my brand um, because I don't, I'm not trying to monetize my brand that way. I'm trying to help people, um, which is what I'm hired for. So I think that it's a, it's a different version. It's a different, it's a different angle compared to, um, a, someone who is like NFT God who are, who has a educator, um, perspective on social media. I think that it's, it's two different sort of streams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I just want to add in real quick. Resang is totally right. Like not everyone has the same goals, right? And, and for me, I'm trying to educate, help others, but also grow and, and help others grow. And, and so not everyone's trying to do the exact same thing. So I think it's a misconception. So a lot of people have like, oh, why, why are you giving this advice? I don't want to grow. It's, it's everyone has different goals. You need to find the type of networking that works for you based on what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think oftentimes you see people say like, you know, I see a lot of threads like, oh, how to write a good thread, you know, and a lot of times like you don't have to write a thread if you have nothing to say. <laughs> and people take stabs on just writing threads that have, really have no not much meaning. And I think that's more damaging to what you're supposed you're trying to curate out as opposed to it being helpful. And so when you see like, I, I just think read more, read more, learn more and actually study and, and have, and have critical views. And before you even have that, that it just takes school and just professional work experience. I think. I love that point. And it's something I've been trying to preach more to is, you know, a lot of people, I'm a big proponent of writing threads because I think there's a lot of benefits to it. I think it, it helps your writing skills. It helps your reach. If you write good threads, and then people go, oh, what do I write threads about? Well, like, if you don't have any strengths you want to write about, well, then you got to improve your inputs. You got to read more. You got to consume more. And then from that, you can be a curator of information. And I do agree. There's a lot of people who just write threads and they're not really curating any information at all. And so that's, it's a, that's a really good piece of advice. Is like If you're trying to create really good content, a lot of the times it, that, the best way to do that is to consume better content. Yeah, absolutely. I think your second point, like consuming good content, curating what you see, like, you know, I'm a huge, I'm a huge stoic in real life. And for me, it's like everything you do should like contribute to, you know, like who you want to be as a better person or, or your character, or your education. And so that's super, super important. Like if you're, all you're doing is, you know, scrolling through your Instagram feed and you're not actually reading and studying. And like, I think that you're, it's really, your level really is just capped at a certain level.
Cool. Chris, I think, uh, what was the next one you want to talk about? Well, yeah, it was kind of the perfect statement. I was trying to rename the spaces there. That's why it was a bit of a pause. So that, that kind of moved into the next thing I was kind of wanted to discuss was, you know, you both have very different kind of brands that you're working on. Like everyone has a brand, whether they like it or not. That's just how you identify yourself in the space. So I think if it comes down, say you are someone who wants to write thread, let's, let's assume that a lot of people in the audience want to create some kind of value for their brand to grow in the space and, and hopefully at some point be able to monetize it one way or another. How, how do people go about defining their brand? Like, what are some of the things? I mean, that's kind of like an extremely open-ended question because it's kind of like asking, how do I find myself? But and in essence, like, what are some things that you did to really niche down into the, the area that you've gotten into? I think that's a great question. And it's something I actually was thinking about a couple of days ago a lot because I got a similar one. And for me, when I started NFT Guide, I, I thought about like what my biggest passions were. And they, they were three things. They were uh, technology, uh, self-improvement, um, and, and helping others. There's a few things I wrote down. And what I was doing is I made this list of niches and uh, it was like investing and a few other things. And I was just experimenting and I was creating content around those things. And I was kind of taking in data, seeing what worked. And what I found was for me, the intersection of technology, uh, investing in self-improvement, those three combined was the content that was getting the best reception from my audience. Uh, I was getting the best engagement. And so then I just kept leaning in harder to that and, and, you know, writing more about it and improving in the way I was writing content about that intersection of those three passions and a brand kind of naturally formed around it. And so my recommendation to people in the audience would be, you know, take inventory of what you're interested in, try to find the cross section of like the three biggest passions you have. For me, that was self-improvement, technology and investing, and then lean into that super hard. Uh, you know, and if you, if you don't have those types of passions, that's totally fine too. Uh, you know, as recent kind of just said, start consuming content and figure out what those passions are, you know, read books on, you know, I, one I, I always recommend is how to win friends and influence people. It's a very good kind of high level marketing and sales book. And you can just kind of learn about different things and what influences people and what people like and start leaning into different things and experimenting. And then once you found those things at work, that's your brand and then lean super hard into it. Yeah. So we're saying what, what was it that brought you into the alpha circle? Like, how did you know that would be something that you'd be good at? Um, I think that for me, I've, I've been an investment banker and a trader at a bulge bracket firm for four years. And then I was an investor at a, um, hedge fund for two years um, and I, and now I'm also in a similar role. I think for me, just being able to to always be sort of in finance and in sort of in the weeds of just investing has always given me a level of confidence when I'm thinking about um, just companies um, or projects. And over time, I've been in this space since last October. So being able to see, um, different projects, how they, how they, how they came to be, rugs, whatnot. I think that I've sort of built a good 
sort of investment lens. And I was what for me, I, I, I stepped into the role because I felt like the space was tainted with a lot of like like a, a lot of education that was inappropriate to what alpha colors in my mind should be. Um, there wasn't a lot of explaining with regards to certain um, projects or, or, or certain um, investment decisions. And so when you see Alpha Callers post things and say, um, Wales bought a lot of this, um, seeing, seeing, you know, strong, strong price movement, da, 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 da. It, it, they're just not really convincing arguments for someone to really buy in. And so I wanted to build a more thoughtful process around my analysis when I'm looking at things and kind of share my view. And surprisingly, like the way I explain, I'm not perfect, but at least you know what you will lose money on because of certain thought processes if they don't play out. But if they play out because the fundamentals are strong, because of whatever reason, the list, the laundry list that I give you, then you will also have confidence that, okay, like you're what you're holding, you're not going to paper early and you're not going to be stressed out too much. And I think that's more important because it's easy for you to put a price entry exit like like some financial model, which there isn't, to be honest. So whoever puts a target in there, there's no underly underlying financial model for you to justify that price action. And so for me, I'm quite open-ended, but in general, my fundamental thematic views have mostly been right. And so that to me is, is where I think that I fit into a gap and it, it just became natural where, you know, more and more communities wanted to hire me and, and, you know, I just kind of like kind of weave through the space like that. And so, and slowly sort of got my name around, but it really wasn't intentional in that sense where I was building a brand. It was just, I was just trying to teach people how to think really and, and move this space in a way that I can see the space growing longer term, which is what brings me to the space in the first place. Like I love this space and I want to see it grow in a certain way, in a way that's transparent, in a way that's accountable. And that to me is really difficult unless you really try to push it. And you can see from my tweets, like I'm not engaged with prime. I'm always like, I'm always complaining. I'm always fighting because there are so many things that I'm unhappy about and it comes from the heart. And surprisingly people feel that. So, this is an interesting point for maybe um, NFT guy. And Nick, you can pipe in at any moment. I'm not trying to like silence you here, but I know I didn't let you know who was going to be here. So it might have been a surprise, but um, NFT guys. So this brings up points. So, like, you obviously had some knowledge coming in the space, had done some things, re saying the exact same thing, like investment background, very thoughtful person. So there's a lot of younger people in the space who are now wanting to build a brand. Is there something to be said for you actually have to do something IRL, not necessarily IRL, but you have to like actually produce and create things to actually grow a brand in a sense. Uh, as in is the question, do you, do you have to do something before you become a creator? To yeah. Brands? To give you some clout, you have to have some kind of clout. Like, like even if it's making great memes, like you have to have something that you're good at. No, no way. I, uh, I mean, I didn't really have any clout or anything before NFT God. I just started, as as Reesing kind of said, curating information and giving it out. Right? You know, I read a ton. I read like an hour a day, and I, I started just tweeting out lessons I was learning from books. 
and it got me a good amount of attention. And then as I started getting to a certain point in growth, I was just learning a lot by doing. I was learning a lot by growing an audience. I was learning a lot by being in spaces and networking and talking to players in the space. And then so I just started tweeting about the things I was learning as I went along. And, and that's basically been my content strategy is tweet what I learn and, and share it with others. And uh, so before this, I, I mean, I, I started this account from zero a little less than a year ago. Uh, I, when I started, I only tweeted about things I was reading and learning and, 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 you know, NFTs I was trading and my lessons around trading NFTs. I'm definitely not an alpha caller by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, you, you, you see trends and you just comment on the trends. And so, you know, I don't think you need any clout. I don't think you need any experience. My real life job has nothing to do with NFTs or anything I talk about. Uh, so no, I, I would say just try to share value, try to share your unique perspective, things you're learning. And if you're not, you know, if you don't, if you don't feel like you don't have value to, to share, then find value to share. And that's the best way to do it. You don't need clout. And that's one of the best parts about web three is clout doesn't, you know, it, it matters once you get to a certain size, but everyone has cartoon zoo animals as their picture. So, you know, no one, you know, no one knows who the hell you are. You just, you just create content and people value you based on the content you create. So that's great news for all the little guys out here, the small fish, keep creating content, find your voice and you do have a shot. So that's something that we, we love to hear. How do we profit? In Web3, and it made me isn't in, in conventional sense that you, you know, you mint and sell or stuff like that. Are there things on the horizon that we're seeing that could be in the works for people who are in the space? Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways to profit, and I think trading should be one of the last ways you you really focus on profit because it's unpredictable. It's dependent on market conditions. Right now, it is incredibly hard to profit uh, off trading. And re-saying, it's nice to meet you. It's my first time chatting with you. I, I guess what I, from what I've heard, you're an alpha caller. I'd imagine you'd agree alpha calling at the moment is a little bit harder now than it was seven or, seven or eight months ago. Uh, you know, I would I would say trading out of all the ways to profit in the space should probably be the last one you focus on. Obviously, you, you want to keep up with the technology and you want to be involved. So trade or investor, do whatever you'd like, but there's so many more ways that not only that, that are so high leverage to make money. And what I mean by that is you can make money by being a programmer in this space, right? So like if you learn blockchain development and you get hired by a project to write smart contracts, that's really high leverage for a few different reasons. It's high learning coding. There is high leverage because you're learning skills that will improve your value in the job marketplace. If you learn coding, you're adding $50,000 of value to your, to your resume. Obviously that's a generalization, but on average, it's right around there. Uh, two is you're making money by working for Web3 clients, right? Web3 companies. So now you're getting paid by the company to write smart contracts. Next, you're networking, you're meeting people in the industry. So that one action of learning blockchain development has now gotten you benefits in five different ways. And so that's a really high leverage way to make money in the space, way higher leverage than trading, which is, you know, for the most part, when it comes to NFTs gambling and you risk 
right now a very high percent chance of losing your capital, which is not very high leverage. So that's one high leverage way to do it. Another high leverage way to make money in the space is the approach I'm taking, which is content creation and thought leadership, right? So like I, over the last year, have been creating content. It's start to caught on. I have 75,000 followers. I've been building my newsletter out simultaneously over the last year. I started my newsletter when I had zero followers and just wrote for the fun of it. And now I have 13,000 subscribers, the largest newsletter in the space, and I'm able to sell sponsorships into that newsletter. And then tomorrow I'm starting a, I write on Substack. Tomorrow I'm actually starting for the first time the the premium uh, tier on Substack where people can sign up. And this is the first announcement. This is alpha right here, I guess, if this is considered alpha. Uh, I'm starting something called the 1% Club where anyone can join. And I'm, I'm going to start recording videos and sending that to people throughout the week of, you know, just tips on how to write better tweets on how to be a better writer, on how to create content, on how to be a better developer. I'm a developer in real life. Um, and so I'm just gonna be writing and recording a bunch of bonus content throughout the week and sending it to that premium tier. And so that's another very high leverage way to profit in the space because now I'm creating a video or, or a newsletter one time, I'm sending it out and it's attracting thousands of people to my platform where they can then sign up and sign up for a premium tier and pay me a few bucks a month. And that grows exponentially just from me creating one piece of content that can be replicated and sent out multiple times from just my one piece of original work. And that is the definition of high leverage, right? And so content creation, point being content creation is a very high leverage way to make money in Web3. So to wrap it up, you know, wrap up the point, there's a lot of different ways to make money in Web3, content creation, um, development, working for Web3 companies, a lot of different ways. Trading for me is the lowest leverage way to make money um, out of all those things. So if I were you, I would really focus on skills that build you as a person build your value in the, you know, a career marketplace and build a platform for yourself. I love that advice for a thoughtful. And um, I want to add the point and if you got that, this premium subscribe newsletter is like a long time in the making. It's not necessarily something that you could do overnight. So I, I understand that you've been really building this, this audience up for over a year now and you've been, you know, learning learning yourself a lot of things for, for a long time. Rhysang, I wanted to just hear your thoughts on the market conditions right now as an alpha caller. I think that I start alpha calling officially in July. And I think that no matter what the market condition is, um, whether it's bull or bear, there's still a lot of money to be made because the principles of buying low, selling high applies to every single asset class and every single market condition. But understanding how to sort of evaluate certain sort of investment um, thesis um, during the day, I think that's the most important thing. And understanding your mindset and looking at market and looking at technicals briefly. Um, I wouldn't like I'm not a huge technical trader, but I, I still think that even, you know, even today, you know, Cockpunch did really well. And I think that. Um, there's, there are plays to be made every single day. It's really just 
being positioned and to really have your ear to the ground to understand what is what are the general themes of the market and how you can position yourself to have exposure to those themes. Um, and different alpha groups and different information sources are important in sort of curating that sort of um, perspective. For me, um, I think that my leverage from how I make money personally, um, I work with different alpha groups and I, I get paid, you know, a monthly salary. And to me, it's also you produce original content that you can sort of share it in every single group up until your, you know, up until your fingers get tired, I guess. But I think uh, th this month, personally, like I'm rolling off all of them um, and then I'm moving to a group exclusively. But the like to anyone who is sort of looking for more public roles, such as um, being a collab manager or, or, you know, moderator or being a caller, I think it's always just do your job well before anything. Um, but also if this isn't your path, then you have sort of an information gap, just like how NFT God was saying, like you, you need to build your own skill set before anything and to understand what you really want to get out of the space. Because there's, there's how replaceable your job is very, very important. I think the alpha callers are harder to replace, especially if you're good. Um, there are a lot of people who quote unquote want to be alpha callers, but you do it for the fame and glory, but there really is not much substance that make differentiates you as a caller versus another. Um, but in terms of collab managers, I can't, I can tell you a few that I like, but I can't tell you exactly why I like certain ones of the, one, like certain ones over the other, because those jobs are very, very replaceable. And so it kind of depends on how you want to position yourself in this space and what you want to get out of it, whether it's just clout and you're okay with not being paid, that's fine too. But there's, I, I imagine most people want to get paid. And so you need to find out is something really worth your time investing your time in and how much you value your time because there's only a limit to how you can work for free and not put food on the table. I love that, 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 that summary. So, you know, there, obviously there's a lot of, opportunity in our space and it seems like nft got recently i'm going down two completely different paths but resonate a lot of the same values which i find really interesting nick did you have anything you wanted to bring up you've been you've been patiently quiet over there absolutely i've been a little quiet i know uh, nft god's on a time constraint not about resaying but i don't want to take up too much time because i can talk way too much sometimes but um but to touch on kind of like how to make profit in this space i um, not to go against what just Reeves just said as far as like making sure that you're getting compensated for your time, but something that I noticed in this space is during the bull market, it was a lot easier to find people that were willing to work on different projects uh, for pay on the back end because there was a greater chance of success. And I'm seeing that pool of people drop significantly where people now want money up front when that money may not exist because we're also in a bear market. Um, so I think that depending on what you're doing, you shouldn't be afraid to kind of go that route and make sure there's contracts in place and make sure you're definitely guaranteed your percentage. Um, and also, you know, with what both of them are saying as far as like going out and learning these skills and creating and building yourself, like turning yourself into a valuable asset for 
uh, various Web2 or Web3 companies is don't be afraid to start small. I got my start originally. I hopped into a project I was interested in. I was I just happened to be like the third or fourth person to join this Discord. And I was in there every single day talking to people. Anytime someone new joined, I welcomed them. And then they just brought me onto the team. And they ended up paying me an NFTs, which worked out well for me. I didn't get Ethereum on the back end, but I ended up getting um, I ended up getting actually the dead fellows that I have. Uh, I ended up getting a bunch from that mint for that particular project. And then from there, not knowing uh, that there were bigger people in that community that I wasn't aware of that were seeing the work I was doing. And I ended up getting recruited then for a different project. And I actually come up from a developer background as well. And I had been learning and teaching myself Web3 development. So when I got recruited by this company or this Web3 brand, they wanted me to be their, um, their community guy. And I said, hey, I can actually develop this for you instead of you paying someone else, you know, paying me a percentage, then paying someone else another percentage to develop it, I'll do everything. So did that project for them. And then that opened the door for me to end up working for a Web3 development company full time for up until recently, the bear market sadly has crushed that company. But I started off by just hopping in Discord and hanging out with people and welcoming people and talking. So and I didn't get in the, I didn't expect any money for that in return. I expected absolutely nothing. I was just having fun. I wanted to see the project succeed, succeed of course. I was hoping to have a successful project and make money off the mint, but I wasn't expecting anything from the uh, founders of the project, you know, on the back end by any means, but then I ended up getting that role. So don't be afraid to start small. Don't think that you need to do nothing, right? So say you decide you want to program. Don't just sit here and think, okay, well, I'm going to dedicate the next month, two months, three months, however long it takes you to learn Web3 coding and then start interacting in the space. Interact now, make those connections, talk to people, hop in discords, make friends. And then when you actually have those skills, you'll be ready to sell them, sell those skills to those people. Real quick, first of all, Nick, Love that. Uh, fantastic point. You know, you can be doing all these things at once. And then once one starts exploding for you, it's like a flywheel effect where they'll all just help each other Two, the fajitas are ready. I got to run. Chris, this was a fantastic space, man. I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, I'm going to be back soon in the next few weeks. Just send me a DM when, when, as you run these because I'm happy to come back on and chat. Uh, Resang, very nice to meet you. Nick, very nice to meet you as well. Uh, everyone here, thanks for uh, for chatting. I'll, I'll be back soon. Take care, everyone. Appreciate you. Thank you. Droop, I see you up on stage. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, if we're on the topic of uh, networking, I think by far the easiest way to network is DMs. Um, and especially, I'm not saying like you DM them like, oh, hey, or yo. No, I'm not saying that. DM them something that's very thoughtful, uh, very kind, you know, um, that uh, like... Um, a very thought out uh, DM, like, I, I really love what you're doing in this space. Keep going it. And by that way, and then they, like, see that you're showing them love. And then by that way, you can, like, expand your conversation and maybe, like, make a connection that way. So, yeah. No, I love that point. I mean, being genuine and thoughtful is always a good idea. So it's it's definitely a, a good distinction to make. Um, getting back to recent did you want to comment at all on the recent project you dropped? Now, I understand you didn't call it in any of your servers. It was just <laughs> something you kind of did for fun. You probably don't even want me to bring it up, but I just wanted to get maybe oh two gosh. sentences about it. Like, like was that's your art? Like what's, what's going on here? Yeah. I'm I mean, honestly, I came to the space 
as someone who wanted an outlet for my art. I was not looking to um, find synergies in my sort of Web2 job. You know, Web2, a finance job is already stressful enough. I did not want to think about numbers any more than I already do. And and so I was, I, I've always wanted to go to art school, never got the opportunity. I have an Asian family, like parents. So there was, art is always a hobby. And so NFTs for me was um, just how at least I wanted to do it. But lo and behold, the first week I went and got into the space, I got my wallet trained. Um, and I actually had minted a bunch of my like one of ones at the time and the hacker took everything but my art and so in my mind's like Ugh, even the hacker doesn't want my art and so um uh that that kind of for me I didn't want to touch my own art for a while that wasn't really the reason why but that was the, the extent to where I dropped my own one of ones um and then I think in February March I was talking to a friend where oh let's you know how about we do we drop a collection together we had friends in the space, but no one was as connected as, you know, you know, different alpha colors, you know, different influencers, you know, you can help really drive momentum without having to pay out of pocket. And so I only wanted to do the art and he only wanted to learn how to dev, like do dev, like dev work. And so neither of us cared about anything else. We didn't really want to run a community. We didn't want to do more than what we wanted to do. And so when I dropped it, I think 1K out of 4K minted. And we kind of just stopped. Like we didn't really, you know, it's, it was nice to see the art come out, but I didn't really mind. Neither of us put in, I put in a lot of time, but it didn't, we, we did what we came to do. We, I just wanted to see my art in the world. Right. And so, and so I think yesterday I dropped this in one of my social discords where it, it's just a community that is where all my current alpha communities, I gave them a link that they could go to. It's not an alpha group per se, because Next month, I'll be rolling off all my current communities. I wanted a place for them to land. And so I didn't um, I didn't show this in any of my alpha groups. I didn't call this because it's not a call. It's probably worth zero. You know, in my mind, my art, like it's free. It's, it's you know, I just wanted to put it out there. I, who am I, right? And so um, it's, and, and, you know, they kind of get, got the momentum started and they mentioned it out. And some of my communities today asked, why did I not, is this you? <laughs> why did, why did you not drop this? You know, I was like, yeah, but it's unprofessional for me as a caller to call my own project when there really is no fundamentals. Right. And so, um, I think now there's like more plans down the road where I have more art I want to put out. And this is going to tie into that art, art ecosystem. One of the strengths that I have as callers I call out art plays and that's because I love art and I follow artists and it's not because that's where money is made. It's more, it's, it's one, it's one and then the other. And so as I create more art, I'm going to do, you know, involve that ecosystem and have, you know, mass burns and whatnot, but uh, like it'll be step-by-step step because it's not, it's not a 10 step roadmap ahead. You know, it's kind of, let's just see where this goes. And I don't think anyone got, you know, hurt too much, you know, buying at least these assets, right? It's at 0.01, if anything, or, or, or under. And so I don't feel like it's it's too much of a burden that I have to sustain a certain floor price or anything, right? And so that's how I think. And um, just personally, I'm I'm one of sort of Zeneca's 12 artists for his Zenmas drop. And so I'm working on that first before anything else um, the next couple of weeks. Um, because that's going to go out to like thousands of people. 
You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Major alpha alert. She told you, <laughs> go sweep the floor. This exact word. Yeah, Zen Academy. No, not mine. Zen Academy. Major alpha. <laughs> you made an interesting point there about uh, being uh, bullish on art, which I really liked. So when you say you're, you, I, because I'm, I have the same thesis. I'm like, I'm very, I'm much more interested on um, in the art side of NFTs right now because I think long term that's a better play. So are, when you're looking at art, are you talking like like art on profile pictures, or are you more into the traditional art? Are you looking at generative art, which is not AI art but generative art, and maybe even AI art? What are your thoughts in that world? Ooh, you're opening a can of worms. <laughs> but let's do it. Yeah, I think that I think that. Um, you know, AI Arena, another project actually had a debate on this, whether or not um, AI art is art. I think that I used to, even before coming into the space, and the reason why it took me so long, I came in in October last year, is because I always thought you need a pen and paper to do art. It needs to be physically done. And I'm a traditionalist. Like if I, I applied to art school years ago, um, and the school that I applied to was like, one like one specific school in Italy where you're learning like old masters um, way of painting and so I'm I'm a huge traditionalist and I think that I care so much about detail that that's what you know kind of drives sort of my love for art but now looking back I think that art is a form of creation as long as you have a heart to express a certain view anything can be seen as art and so as long as someone, that process is artistic, to me, that's art. I don't really judge too much in terms of like, um, is AIR art? I think that's art, you know, because I think that the process of curation is art. Um, I think that generative art is art because the process of, you know, coding is art. And that fundamentally, I think coding is art, right? I think math is art. And so I think that the space, the like, within the art sense there's so many different subgenres that everyone has their niche and to me I really like glitch art and there are certain artists that I, I've backed pretty heavily like Y copy which is probably the first X copy surf CCO that really tried to make a brand out, out of it and um yeah there are a few that I, I just really think that if you can find you know the next um ACK or the next Louis Ponce, um, you know, all the artists that came out of like the Christie's auction in the bear for the bull, you're much well positioned compared to, you know, and, and that's really just putting in a few dollars in, in certain editions because that your ROI there is just going to be insane. And so that's, that's the way I think at least. And, and so far, some of them have paid off. Those artists you mentioned from the Christie's, I'm, I'm not overly familiar with them. So are they artists that were traditional artists that came into Web3 or what was their story? I think for them, it's mostly digital artists. Um, and okay. like Louis Ponce's art is just super um, trippy uh, within his, his, his art. Like everything is, everything has, if you, if you focus on any point in that, in that picture, um, he can like in that picture, he, everything has its own sort of rhythm. And so it, it takes, it feel, I feel like it would take so long for you to fully digest what is going on in a piece. Like if there's one person walking, that person's walking like front, back, sideways, you know, there's like a whole loop. And that to me is just such beautiful storytelling that you can't just do on a traditional piece of paper because that's static. 
And so I think digital art, there's so much to unfold. And I, I hope to see more artists that are traditional artists in Web2 come into Web3 and try to make even more creations in, in the Web3 sense, because tapping into technology can on from such artistic people's views can be so powerful. Um, like one of one of my favorite um, artists in Web2's um, uh, Ignacy Monreal, who does these amazing Gucci murals in like over the last few years, whenever you see like a Gucci like painting like sort of ad, and a, I feel like a lot of you have seen it. If you re if you see it, you recognize it. It's hyper realistic, and he does it on his just a digital iPad, right? And so that to me is like there's so much. And and I actually reached out to him. I was like, do you want to launch a collection? And got I got ghosted. <laughs> but I, I those are the type of artists I wish I could see just much more technique come into Web three that I think could really could really bring a lot of beauty to the space it's definitely an interesting point that we haven't gotten to yet is the web 3 or the, like the nft crowd is really there's a lot more people who have gotten into nfts and now are moving into the art space versus artists traditional artists getting into the web 3 space and i think when that's ha when that happens if that happens which we assume it would given the way things are going is are they going to if you're someone who's in the traditional art space, are you going to look for artists from that space or would you, you know, get into art blocks? Like, like where will the future value be? So I think it's still like, like, you know, obviously we're, we're still early. Everything's still very speculative and it'll be um, curious to see in the future exactly how, how that aspect plays out. But, you know, we're getting in on an hour here. Nick, is there anything you wanted to bring up before we wrap this up? No, I think I'm good. Um, otherwise, I'll just drag it out too long. Um, other than just one note for everyone here, that if you're ever entering a space like this and people are basically putting, giving you their knowledge and what they've learned, take notes. Like, definitely take notes and see what you've learned from this and how you can implement it in your daily life and how you can improve whatever you're looking to improve upon. Love that. Always good to write things down. It's proven to actually um, have a beneficial factor to staying with you and resang is there anything you wanted to say well we actually have a request we'll um we'll bring this person up right quick and see what they're saying hello hello welcome to the stage oh hi um <laughs> thanks for welcoming me to the stage i really appreciate it um i don't know if anyone's um uh, seen in in the comments i've just put um something about Ikigai. Um, by the way, my name's Baz. I'm from an NFT project called Fraternity. We're really early days. Would appreciate followers and, and support and things like that. But um, basically, um, I just wanted to follow up on a point from NFT God, really, um, which was about, you know, creating authentic content. And you know, I, I'm an NFT God fanboy. I, I wanted him to stay on so I could say hello. He followed us earlier on. I fell off my chair. Um, it, it was just awesome. But, you know, I'm a I'm a creative director. Um, I've been in marketing and branding pretty much all my life, you know, like 25 years in the industry. And <laughs> all brands have brand promises you know you only have to look at apple their brand promises are creativity technology and simplicity and if you you know if anyone goes to the comments and just look as uh, looks at ikigai 
they'd be able to just see that in order to put out authentic content like apple puts out authentic marketing you know you just have to look at you know what's your passion what can make you money what what drives you what gets you out of bed in the morning and that's the kind of content that will get likes that that's the kind of content that nft god is putting out and and that really is what will get you engagement and followers and basically that's just that's all i wanted to say really was just kind of you know that if people are struggling to put out content i think it's because maybe they're looking at what other people are putting out and if they just take a step back just look at what drives them what gets them out of bed in the morning that's the content you should put out. That's that's being authentic. That's being genuine, you know? Well, I appreciate you coming up to say that. And I just took a look at it as an image that I saved. So that's uh, really appreciate you taking the time to come up and, and speak today. So thank you very oh, much. And I hope to see you back in future episodes. Uh, Resang, was there anything you wanted to say to kind of close us off here? Or are you all good? Yeah, I'm good. I think that, no, thank you so much for inviting me um, onto this stage. Always happy to share thoughts. Um, you can find me in my communities or, you know, interact with my tweets or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, keep in touch, everyone. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll be back next Wednesday at the same time. I hope to see at least one of you there. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>